Today's guest is someone that goes by just her first name, Coan. And those of you who don't know her, Coan Vickerin Skrziniers is the CEO and founder of Sustainable Brands. Through Sustainable Brands, she and her team has led the global conversation about how 21st century brands can and are delivering new business value through innovation for environmental and social purpose. In addition to overseeing direction and strategy at Sustainable Brands, she writes and speaks around the world on the shift in consumer demand and the opportunity for brands to respond by changing the way they think of and deliver against their role in society. This conversation today is for anyone on a journey to create a more sustainable organization that is more people-oriented, more product-oriented, and more planet-oriented. So let's get started. Welcome to Purpose 360. I'm Carol Cohn, and today more than ever before, companies, brands, and their partners need to stand for something beyond the bottom line. I've created this program to provide insights, and ideas to share with you so that you can apply them to your work the very next day. The goal here is to up-level your purpose and to benefit companies and society. So please join us. I am so delighted to have a friend, a leader, a confidant, a just truly wonderful human being with me today. And that is Kohan Skrziniers. She is the founder and CEO of Sustainable Brands. So welcome, Kohan. Oh, right back at you, Carol, on all fronts. Oh, you're so sweet. And Coan's last name, um, you know, it's it's one of those complicated last names. And so she is so famous. She's like, you know, she's like Beyonce. Everybody <laughs> just calls her Coan. So we're going to call her Coan. So um, we're going to talk about the history of sustainable brands and how Coan has helped to just create this community of amazing, she calls them courageous optimists. But let me read you a little bit about Sustainable Brands. Sustainable Brands is the premier global community of brand innovators who are shaping the future of commerce worldwide. Since 2006, Sustainable Brands' goal has been to inspire, engage, and equip business leaders and practitioners who see social and environmental challenges as an essential driver of brand innovation, value creation, and positive impact. And I love that on their website, they have these three simple but profound beliefs. And let me read them. We believe, one, Brands are uniquely positioned to align business and society on the path to a flourishing future. I love that flourishing future. Two, those brands that embrace this challenge will prosper in the 21st century. 
And three, accomplishing this challenge requires a new way of seeing the world, along with a new set of skills, tools, and collaborations, and collaborators too. And that's what Sustainable Brands is all about. It's this exceptional global community of, as Coan says, courageous optimists. So let's get into it. I want to start, Coan, by just asking, who is Coan Skrzyniers? And why do you do what you do? Oh, this is always the hardest question <laughs> that anyone ever asks me, right? Uh, I am a connector. I'm a systems thinker. I am a um, a, a believer. Uh, I am a, a, a change maker. Uh, I'm a, a, a hope generator who believes that uh, despite all of the challenges that we have in the world today, that collectively we can create a better future. Um, so I guess that's that's some some ways to describe who I feel like I am. And then you also call yourself a compassionate pragmatist. What does that mean? Good point. Um, I, I also uh, re- really, first of all, start with the assumption that most of us bring the intention to do right in the world to what we do every day at work, uh, just as we do in our lives, um, but that we sometimes feel hampered by either permission to do what we feel is right or an understanding of how to do the right, A, what the right thing is, or how to do the right thing in the context of rules that don't necessarily support uh, what we know to be right. And, and so, you know, we are an organization that um, that starts with that assumption of, of intent, positive intention and recognizes that it's not always easy. So we don't look for, we, we don't expect perfection. And it, it's not always easy, but you have created this community that, that is quite amazing. And, um, you know, when I go to the website and, of course, I get push emails every single day, it's like it's like going to Whole Foods. It's so delicious. And I just want to read for our listeners a little bit about what was on the website today. There is something for everyone. So the lead story is corporations standing up for voting rights, not politics. And then then underneath that, it says, will sustainable consumer behavior attitudes persist post-pandemic? In supply chain, 10 global companies taking action towards living wages. Love the importance of living wages. Then in marketing and communications, P&G, Dove, both push for more equitable representation in media. Then you have a whole area on waste. Then you have corporate membership network. And I love that you have a story there about um, Mattel unveiling the first of its kind carbon neutral matchbox Tesla Roadster diecast vehicle made from 99% recycled materials to serve as a brand blueprint. I think that that is so cool. Um, But there's more, okay? There's the innovation area, how AI is enabling smarter, scalable, sustainable water solutions. In the walking the talk section, not all carbon credits are created equal. In the chemistry, materials, and packaging section, even COVID can't stop sustainable packaging, and on and on. I'm sure our listeners can go, wow, that's amazing content. And so when you launched in 2004, Coan, did you have the vision that you were going to be this incredible grocery store of content and learning and tools? 
absolutely that was the vision you know we uh the the notion of inspiring engaging and equipping is has, was core to our positioning and, and value proposition promise from the beginning and we really um knew that if we could get people engaged through our publishing platform in understanding the changing landscape and get them uh you know committed to doing something different um, that ultimately would get them excited enough to to co-create a, 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 the future that we all wish for. So this is we're pretty pretty well on target with the you know the same product strategy that we've had from the beginning. And and you worked in media and consulting for almost twenty years in the B two B world. Um, what was that eureka moment that sparked your desire to start a community? for people related to sustainable brands? Well, the, uh, honestly, the aha moment was uh, sitting at NASA in 2002 and listening to Bill McDonough speak about redesigning the way that we make and do everything. Um, but that really sat on top of a long, many-year history of various um, bits of exposure to the problem set. Um, so it wasn't just that moment. It was just that that was the catalyst or the straw that that, that sparked my feeling that I had to do something. And what was the practice of sustainability like in 2004, 2005? Very much considered uh, a cost to the business, a a risk mitigation uh, um, play and and mandate, and not at all seen as a strategic opportunity for creating new value for companies. So that's really, you know, two things we started out doing. One was trying to define sustainability as not just environmental, but as environmental, social, and economic, and uh, about the need to intersect all of those things positively. And then, um, you know, also really uh, redefining what brand means, right? Helping people understand that brand today and, and in the 21st century is, is about who you are, what you do, and how you do it not just how you talk about yourself or your tagline or your brand position. Uh, and then, you know, therefore there was a need to, to integrate the sustainability silo into all aspects of the company. So that's really been the journey. Let's take a break and talk about the numbers. Sustainable Brands, while it was founded in 2006, it has grown rapidly, especially in the last 10 years. They have over 1 million unique annual visitors to their website, over 50,000 subscribers to their twice-weekly newsletter, and it is absolutely one that you can't miss. It has got something for everybody. They have over 80 member companies that represent Almost three, almost three trillion dollars in revenue, over five million employees, and they reach over five billion consumers on a daily basis around the globe. They also have over 150,000 followers on social media. And whenever I get um, a tweet or I get um, an Instagram, from Sustainable Brands, I open it immediately because I know it's going to have valuable information. I love that you say that redefining a brand. Mm-hmm. 
It's not just the design, but who you are, how you do it, and what you do. Did I get that right? Who you are, what you do, and how you do it. Yes, exactly. I know that when I was working, starting out in the 80s, Mm-hmm. And I was linking companies and social issues. You know, people would pat me on the head and go, oh, aren't you a sweet thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're doing philanthropy. And, you know, it, it was so frustrating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have been this almost singular force. I mean, you, you took a world even bigger than what I was doing. A- and so can you talk about, you know, a moment or two where you said, ah, we're making some progress. I mean, I know it's not perfect, but we're making some progress. Can you recall a story that says you were moving forward in redefining brands and redefining sustainability? Oh, gosh, there have been so many milestones uh, along the road. I mean, you know, our, our ambition at the beginning was to engage the sustainability and CSR professional in understanding that they could be a more strategic asset to the company but mostly to get them to bring other functions in the company to the table. And so, you know, over time, we, we have targeted from the beginning getting marketing leadership and innovation leadership to the table with, with uh, the sustainability folks into the same conversation. And, you know, so as we have watched our, the, the makeup of our community shift from being solely focused on the CSR and sustainability people into, you know, 35 or so percent of our audience now is brand marketing strategy. And the, uh, about this 30% is sustainability and CSR. And the rest of it is other parts of the organization that are starting to recognize how material they are to transforming the business in support of a changing brand landscape. Just the evolution of the audience that we've, we're bringing together is one key mar- marker. And so is there another marker? That you want to? Oh, so, yes, yeah, so many. I mean, just the number of companies that are now setting science-based goals. For example, we we've been advocating for science-based goals for 15 years, and now I think there are there there are hundreds of companies that have now signed on to commit to using science-based goals to um, measure their you know their progress. Uh, the number of CMOS we have at the table today. You know, the uh, um, number of of brands that are really starting to understand uh, sustainability as a growth opportunity, which is the pivotal aha for us starting the company. We, we really wanted to change the, the whole um, dialogue, as you suggested, away from you know this work being about responsibility and uh, help people understand that it needed to be and could be a catalyst for growth. Uh, the fact that we're now seeing that um, recognition is, is very exciting and, and is, uh, I think, what's partly underneath the momentum we're experiencing right now. Yeah. You know, you're, you're one of these, you know, oh, you're an overnight success. I mean, look at, you know, but you toiled. I mean, I know we've had so many conversations late at night, which is like, oh my God, I've got to go through this again. Let's, for our listeners, can you just talk about the universe of sustainable brands? Because the community is both online and offline and events and products. So can you just explain it? Because it is, again, it's like going into Whole Foods. It's everything that you could want and then some. Well, you're right. We have a digital pub- publishing platform that you've kindly um, acknowledged, and we reach over a million users, uh, unique users monthly. Uh, and honestly, we're not tracking our international reach uh, effectively because we now have communities of, of practice in uh, 14 different countries around the world on five continents, and um, um, most of those have digital communities too. So we've got 
the, the digital publishing platform. We've got uh, our events that are running around the world. We've got the corporate member network where companies that have committed to try and learn and accelerate their learning and, and behavior change are coming together for peer-to-peer learning. And then we have the whole collaboratory uh, collaborative initiative that is a couple of years old. That is one of the things we're most excited about, which is Brands for Good. As I always said, that companies had to do good, you know, because of the trans the transparency afforded by the internet. And it's interesting. I was listening to God. I think it was Tom Friedman yesterday, who was just fabulous at a conference, and he was talking about well, it used to be that you had an X ray, but now you have an MRI. And you can see every single part of the company. And so that's why my, my companies really, really need to walk the talk. I'm curious about the evolution of the word sustainability. Can you talk about where is sustainability in terms of its broader definition around the globe and who's leading and who's catching up? I don't think I would say that it's a regional answer. There's a regional answer to that question, to be honest. I still see a lot of companies here in the U.S. and companies that would surprise you uh, defining sustainability as simply an environmental issue. I, I don't see it regionally different. I, I mean, I do you know, think if you look at where we're getting the most traction in terms of size of our audience and so forth, we love that the Japan community was a little late to the table, but they're absolutely fast followers and they're they're moving very quickly to to catch up with the level of sophistication and the just general size of engagement in, in that community. Um, obviously, you know, Europe has been ahead of the game when it comes to the regu- regulatory support for driving change, which has helped that, you know, part of the world um, progress a little bit faster. And there have been some amazing innovations that have come out of Europe. But, you know, generally, I think we still all struggle with a systems-oriented definition to a term like sustainability. And we need to keep focused on that. I really love John Ehrenfeld's book, Flourishing, for those of your uh, listeners who like to read. I think he does a fabulous job of really defining why uh, the integration between environmental, social, and economic issues are core to our pursuit of a sustainable future. Thank you for the for the recommendation. We'll put it in the show notes. I love you talk about this thing called the three H's. Be human, be helpful, be humble. Can you talk a little bit about how you created that philosophy and how it's been a, a guiding light for all your work at Sustainable Brands. Well, funny you picked that up as an end note to uh, some comments that I made, I think, at the close of a recent conference. Um, So it's not so much that that's been core um, to us, but I do think that there are some some smart um, pieces of advice. You know, on the be human side, we have come to be a little bit mechanistic in the way we show up at work. And that's partly just a function of the, the way that work has, has been defined and executed on over the last hundred years. You know, we, we learned how to be exceptionally productive as a way to in- improve prosperity in the last century. And that served us very well. We managed to be efficient and, and, and improve, increase our productivity by creating areas of expertise and effectively silos. So you become an expert in one thing and you do your siloed work, which was great, again, for productivity in the last century. But what it, the result of it was that we have uh, lost the sense of the whole. 
and we didn't see the complex problems that were arising as the result of our myopia in a way. And so because of our context for work, we've come to work as, as a, a little bit less than human, a little bit more of a machine. And today's um, complex challenges really require that we bring our whole self. And one of the beautiful things about humans is our capacity to intuit systems. You know, we are we are part of the natural system, and this is one of our problems. We've 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 come to put ourselves at odds or opposition to nature. Nature's over there, and we're over here. In fact, we're part of nature. So, to the degree that we can get back to that and start to bring our whole self to the work, we're going to be better equipped to respond to the complex problems that we face today. Uh, you know, be humble is just the precursor to learning. And we, you hear people talk about a VUCA world that we live in today, volatile, uncertain, you know, complex and ambiguous. Uh, and that is the fact, you know, we, we all have come really face to face with that this last year during the pandemic. I personally don't believe that, that um, you know, we're going to get through the pandemic and things are going to go back to normal, if you were. We are going to continue to experience complex challenges that are a function of the breakdown in our, you know, ecosystems, environmental and social. And um, in order to, you know, come up with the solutions that are necessary for these complex problems, we need to start with humility, understand we don't know the answers, and that's okay. We need to get comfortable with that, get comfortable with uncertainty. And, um, you know, if you come to come to a problem with humility, you, you start to learn how to ask better questions and to uh, ser search for new answers to, to questions. Or, and, and so I think that's important. And, you know, then and be helpful. Business as, as an institution really started out trying to provide value to uh, customers. And, you know, we've, uh, over the course of the last hundred years, marketing determined that it could, it could basically create uh, the perception of needs that didn't really exist, you know, yeah. teach us that we we think we need white teeth. Well, we don't really need white teeth, you know, but somebody told us that we did, so we better get toothpaste that'll give it to us. <laughs> um, you know, the, the important thing I think for brands today is to really understand the real deep human, human needs that we have individually as communities, as families, and as society at large, and, and be helpful in, in a way that's meaningful. You do a lot of thought leadership, and I know that I have been in, on your board of advisors and that we worked on The Good Life together. So I'd love you to talk about um, The Good Life, because that was a, a guiding principle for a while. And then we're going to talk about some other things like Brands for Good and your brand transformation roadmap. So first of all, why, why are you doing thought leadership? And then um, let's talk about each one. Well, we're a business with a purpose. And so, you know, we're, we have an intention to change the world and shift the way commerce is practiced worldwide. And if you're going to do that, you need to stay at the front end and certainly meet people where they are, but also keep, um, you know, pulling the community forward at, at the pace that it's ready ready to, to move. And I'm happy to say that, uh, that the community in general and the world at large is moving faster and faster today. So um, that there's continuing opportunity for thought leadership. We all have to be on our toes and continue to ask the next, next best question. Um, but yeah, but in terms of, you know, the question about the good life, I, that was a whole effort that was intended to test the hypothesis that we as humans in society are starting to recognize that consumption is not the source of happiness. 
and we set out to you know test that assumption and and find out how people are defining what a good life means to them today versus what it meant to them in the 1950s uh, uh, um and in fact, we're, we're finding that um, people are recognizing that the things that really matter when it comes to happiness are meaningful connections uh, to family, community, and to the environment, and a balanced, simple life. So, you know, this notion of the Marie Kondo trend is, is not an isolated um, you know, individual. We all are, are wanting to find more simplicity in the complexity that is, surrounds us. And those things are taking greater um, priority for us generally across all demographics, which was w- w- interesting for us, whether it was regional cuts or, or uh, age cuts or r- political affiliation cuts. Those things are are taking more of a priority than money and status and personal achievement, and uh, and 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 that's something that you know creates a new environment for brands to be selling into. And I know that you took that around the globe. We did. Uh, I would not say universally around the globe, but we did uh, execute it in in Canada and in Japan and in Turkey and Brazil and France. And so we had a, a really interesting cross section of experience there. Interestingly, Japan was was the uh, the country that was lagging with young people specifically they there still was a sense of an aspiration for status and and a, a personal achievement which is intriguing we've had some quite interesting discussions about why that might be um but that's another conversation. Sure. And, and then you went, so you used that for what, three years? Yes. And I think we'll come back around to continuing to test, um, you know, how, how that is holding up because, uh, you know, we don't know how, what the pandemic has done to, to uh, impact that. I hope that it will actually deepen people's feelings, but we, we need to retest it. And, and you had a great partner. We worked with Harris. And they were lovely, and it was a great, it was a wonderful collaboration. So that was great. And so from there, then you've gone, you've added another um, thought leadership, but an amazing focus for your um, your members: the brand transformation roadmap. So can you talk about that, and then then go into brands for good? You know, after ten years, we had a dialogue with some of the brands that we had showcased in year one, um, and I asked them how they felt about where they were on their journey to becoming a sustainable brand, and they all basically said they thought they'd arrived, and and that (laughs) um, gave us pause and uh, helped us realize we really needed to be more explicit rather than just generally pointing out that the uh, direction um, that that we are trying to take the world because nobody has arrived. You know, you might, uh, one or two top brands come a long way, but uh, so we um, undertook to really put in writing the definition of the principles that would um, represent a sustainable brand once somebody has arrived. And we created five stages of maturity against each of those principles that would help a company self-assess themselves um, and uh, help them understand where they uh, are on the journey from being a conventional brand to becoming a sustainable brand. And how has been the response to that from your members? Really interesting and super helpful. We've had 208 companies so far. I think what last time I looked go through the, the, um, the assessment and People are using it in very different ways. It's very interesting. We've got one global multinational family of brand companies, for example, that is 
using it um, across their whole brand portfolio to help uh, create a brand strategy or brand architecture, looking at where various strengths are across their brand portfolio and creating internal peer mentoring groups to help them all move uh, along the, the, the journey a little bit further. We've got companies that are bringing customers um, in to run them through the assessment tool to help create a new uh, dialogue between customers and, and themselves. We've got companies that are using it for suppliers. We've got NGOs that are using it for their stakeholders. So we think there's a lot of really interesting opportunity here, and we're continuing to refine that tool and the uh, support resources that go against that. And we hope that we'll, uh, through partnership and through um, enabling reseller model with some of our agency and consulting um, uh, community members, scale this framework so that, you know, there's a little bit more commonality about a vision for what it is we're trying to, to do. And That's wise. That's, re- that's really smart. So, so now can you explain brands for good? One of the five principles or characteristics of a sustainable brand is that a brand use its influence to inspire and enable sustainable living across its um, spheres of influence. And Brands for Good is really a collaboratory uh, initiative aimed at helping us figure out how to do that more effectively. We recognized as a as a community that um, there is a, what's what we characterize as an intent to action gap in the consumer base. So even though there isn't a, a desire that's that's growing to live more sustainably, there's a lot of confusion and people don't understand you know what the key behaviors are that could help them do that. And they have bad habits and they don't they need to help you know changing their behavior, just like we, we all do when we learn better ways to eat. The fact that we know that there are better ways to eat, we, we can use some nudging. So, <laughs> all right. so Brands for Good is, is a collaboratory initiative that's aimed at that. And there are a lot of different uh, tools and frameworks and things that we're doing within that ambition to help support that, that goal. And if, and if any of our listeners are wondering, oh, yeah, you know, some unknown brands are the architects of brands for good. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, I will call out that Mark Pritchard, um, who's the global chief marketing officer for P&G, was one of the leaders for this. And you had a group of rock star companies really giving their time, um, their input. And so I would say for... They continue to. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they're all continue to be absolutely actively interested. And this is the fun thing about it is this is a co-created... Um, initiative that involves, yes, companies like Procter & Gamble and uh, General Mills and CVS and Target and, and, and many other companies now that are um, actively participating and creating new thought leadership as a community. And again, for our listeners, it's like, this is no longer a nice to do. You right. have to be a sustainable brand. I mean, it's, it's just like, and again, you know, I know that you were toiling for so many years to be in the mainstream and you are, I tell you this all the time, you know, when, when, when Cohen's coming to me going, oh my God, I got this a challenge. Go, you are in the mainstream woman. You are just doing a fantastic job. You also have this wonderful, wonderful learning library. And so when a company becomes a member and whenever, by the way, listeners, whenever I get a client, I say, are you a member of Sustainable Brands? Because if you're not, we're going to go sign you up. 
And I get nothing for that, except I get a smile from Cohen and know that that company is going to get smarter and do it faster. So can you talk a little bit about what uh, a new member would find? First of all, thank you for that. Our Part of our ambition is to create a better landscape for, for service providers like you. So um, <laughs> we hope that it's a win-win across the board, right? We want smart market that can ask for smart help from smart people like you. Thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our ambition there is to both um, provide access to all of our uh, library of live and virtual event content. We've got obviously years of content going back and we have tended to be a decade ahead of the conversation. I'm, I, I was telling somebody the other day, we produced, and you know this, Carol, uh, a, a conference on activating purpose in I think 2010. Um, and I won't name the, the name of the consultancy, but one of the big consultancies in the world came and, and basically turned all of the content that we created uh, as part of that event into a, a research report that they then turned around <laughs> and built a consulting practice off okay, of. Okay, there you and, go. Okay. As sold to their customers or prospects. So um, we've got a lot of content that's, uh, you know, vi- video and, and um, audio based. We've got aggregation of research reports around the world. And we have our own thought leadership there. We're ambitioning to build a whole online learning um, program, too, that really revolves around the brand transformation roadmap. So really teaching the skills that are necessary to get people from one level to the next against each of the principles of a sustainable brand. It, the learning library alone is worth a membership. Let's talk a little bit about membership because you've got all sorts of goodies. When you, You've got different levels, of course, and there are different costs. Can you just talk? I want to help recruit people for you during this conversation. They, it's like they have to get off listening. I got to become a member of Sustainable Brands. And so to talk about some of the great things when someone becomes a member that they get. Uh, so you were talking about the professional membership, which gives people access to our online r- premium content. Our corporate member network is really for those companies that are at the place where they recognize that they really want to get on the leadership bandwagon and they want to do it right. Um, and so it's a peer-to-peer learning network that gets together at, pre-COVID was, was meeting face-to-face four times a year. But um, now we're meeting virtually also. But we also have um, discussion groups uh, that are born out of shared interest in, um, in the community. We're working against the brand transformation roadmap principles so that there's a shared kind of mental model and framework that's, that, that all of our conversations are based on. And, you know, we're, um, I, I like to say that we're uh, disintermediating or disrupting in some way uh, consultants, not because we don't want to want the consulting um, practice to thrive. We think it's important, but we want consulting expertise to be put against new uh, challenges. And so we're, we really try to help support our members in sharing what they're learning um, so that we can accelerate progress across the board. Because a lot of it's, so much of it's needed. A- apps, every brand Absolutely. needs to be a sustainable brand, for sure. Let's talk about COVID because a lot of the core of your business was in the event business, face-to-face. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, you have survived as many others have. I know it was scary and dicey, um, but maybe it made you stronger. 
So, you know, how did sustainable brands fare during COVID? And I know that you've got your fall event Mm -hmm. and it's going to be what, a hybrid? It will be. I think everything we'll do uh, going forward will be hybrid. And I think this is, you know, this is an indicative of, uh, as I said, we talked about the VUCA world that we live in. You know, the pandemic is one disruption. Disruption requires that one be light on one's feet and learn how to pivot and um, certainly learning how to create meaningful, engaging uh, virtual conversation and virtual uh, events, if you will, is has been an important part of last year. I mean, we've effectively been able to reach more people in the last year than ever before. So I think that uh, was good for the movement. Um, and uh, we, as I said, I don't believe that face-to-face is going to die. I think we all are longing to be back together face-to-face um, for, for many reasons. I think it's part of the human nature that we, we yearn to be connected physically. Um, but, but there are people who can't travel for whatever set of reasons. And, um, you know, we, we now, as I said, have things going on around the world all the time. So this field is moving more quickly and this gives... Having a, having a hybrid um, solution gives people the opportunity to participate in, in ways and places that they couldn't travel. We just held our first major hybrid event in Japan in the end of February, and it was very, very successful. And so we're, we're excited about that. You're moving your event date. We did, yes. Yeah, so can you just, and you're going back to this wonderful place. So can you talk about it? Because if you haven't been to, Par- it's Paradise Point, right? It is, In yes. San Diego, it's perfect. It's it's perfect pre-COVID and it's perfect post. So can you give us the dates? Because I want people to sign up. Oh, heavens. I think it's the 12th and 13th of October, if I have that right. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, well, it should be, It's it'll be actually a four full days. So it's a, I'm sorry that I don't have the dates correct. Thank you for asking the question. <laughs> okay, well, you know I'll make sure I'll make sure that we get we get those right. Um, but it, talk about Paradise Point because it's a very conducive environment yes. for people. You know, if you, you know you got the social distance thing works, but it's talk about it because it's it's really a different conference location. It, it's a perfect setting because it is an island unto itself. There are bungalows all over the island, so there's no going into a hotel room. Everybody's sleeping room doors open to the outdoors and. Um, we basically take over the island, and and, and so that's uh, as as you know, you've experienced a great twenty four seven opportunity to be with a community of practice and in, um, build relationships that go far deeper than just you know hearing or uh, hearing content, keynote speakers, or participating in breakout sessions. It's really all about the what goes on after hours. Certainly, yeah, and it, it may be like a perfect event to break the COVID lockdown. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of outdoor space, five pools, a beach surrounded by beach. So uh, lots of opportunity for fire pits on the beach and small group get togethers. Obviously we are very excited about the progression of the vaccine. And um, we actually, California has already announced that it's going to be fully open and capacity by the end of, by the end of June, I believe, or June 15th. Um, you know, uh, hopefully the the variants that are percolating around won't won't impact that. But we're expecting to be able to convene a, a great group there and have it be safe and um, and and really uh, get us back into those meaningful dialogues that it takes to move the world forward. And I think a conference talking about sustainability is the perfect one to break the COVID. Well, especially because uh, really what we're talking about going forward, and this is the evolution of the sustainability field, is about regeneration. Mm-hmm. 
we're really calling out the fact that now that everybody understands that we are not uh, on a sustainable path, sustainability in and of itself is not enough. We can't just get back to systems that sustain themselves. We actually need to, to pr promote and build systems that regenerate uh, health and wellness on their own. So this is going to be um, a really powerful and compelling set of conversations and dialogue and case studies and things. And regeneration, it's not just agriculture. Not it, at all. No. Can you explain it further for our listeners? Because I think it's going to be a new concept for many of them. It's a new concept for most people. And again, the basis of it is this idea that um, we need to build systems that enable that system to, to restore itself and, and regenerate its own vibrancy. And, and that really plays out in, in our own human um, you know, capacity as well as our, our business capacity, as well as our agricultural um, activities and really everything that we do. Um, and it, it is, it's an emerging field. It's very forward edge. Uh, and there are some really interesting areas of practice that are um, coming online as examples to help us all really point us to the future. Regeneration, it's, it's a big word. Um, it's, you're going to see a lot about it. So uh, I'm glad that you're focusing on that. And certainly, it's, again, cutting edge thought leadership for sustainable brands. And certainly, we all need some regeneration personally. We need to be regenerated, <laughs> refreshed <laughs> and rejuvenated, right? Yeah, those, those, yeah the late <laughs> night hours at the, at the conference is gonna, are going to be really, really cool. Um, I also know that you have wonderful webinars um, from members and also companies. I know that we had a client and we did one. And we had hundreds of people listening in. It was great. And I know that also helped you during COVID because you had more individuals and companies, you know, going into these very uh, well-attended and well-thought-out. So can you talk a little bit about those? Yeah, it's just another format for online learning. You know, we, we try to make sure that everything we do has a very compelling um, learning and, uh, and engagement uh, component to it. So we're, we're not trying to just do product pitches for sponsored webinars. We have a series of sponsored webinars for sure, but we also have, um, well, not and, uh, we help our sponsors make sure that what, what they're delivering is really meaningful and helpful to the um, audience that we we uh, bring. So there's, there's that, plus we also do do um, just editorially. You do a great job promoting them. Absolutely get great attendance. Let's take a pause from our conversation with Coan to pivot to our In the Know segment today. I was fascinated to read an article that talks about how Chipotle is now offering employees free degrees in agriculture, culinary arts, and hospitality. This is part of their mission to cultivate a better world, and it has expanded its debt-free degree program to include nearly 100 degree options in these fields at 10 U.S. universities. I think this is fascinating because we know that Starbucks has created tremendous loyalty and commitment from its employees, providing its college achievement plan, which is a free college online education through Arizona State University. Recruiting young people to 
QSRs, quick service restaurants or white tablecloth restaurants, is really hard. They have a lot of choices these days. Thus, innovators such as Starbucks and now Chipotle are turning to fascinating ways to advance the education of their employees. It's smart for Chipotle to follow in Starbucks' footsteps because they recognize that young people can start out in a career at Chipotle, but they truly want to advance to something else that's closer to their personal passion and their vision for their long-term career. Kudos to Chipotle. I hope it works out really well. Now let's return to our conversation with Cohan. So let's, um, I want to talk about the future. Okay. So you and I are going to have this conversation in five years. And so what do you wish that Sustainable Brands has accomplished in those five years? Um, and what do you wish for just uh, in general for the types of products and services and companies that are going to exist, not just in the U.S., but around the world? I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely ambitioning for more um, on-the-ground local uh engagement and community building on every continent. You know, we've got a, a great start in Africa, for example. We'd like to see that um, rekindled and, and resurrected and expanded. You know, same with all the other continents. There's just a lot of opportunity for bringing this work to other parts of the world and for creating more cross-continental dialogue um, and learning. So that's one one big aspect to it. I think our whole community is moving more towards uh, action orientation you know, for example, with Brands for Good, um, our goal, as I said, is to create a new behavior change around nine core consumer behaviors. And we are creating the tools to help companies understand how to think about um, behavior change. And then we are measuring the uh, through a sociocultural trend tracker how we're doing collectively at driving behavior change. So more measurable impact um, and actionable uh, outcomes through the tools and and frameworks and community network and support that we're um, enabling for for each other. You kind of pivoted to measurement mm. because you have a focused conference on measurement. And it's I know it's evolving, but can you talk a little bit about that? Because it's not just about the words, it's the actions and then the impacts. I mean, we, we uh, um, launched a whole field of practice called the New Metrics Field of Practice uh, more than a decade ago. This continues to be an area that's really important to us. Uh, whether or not we have a conference focused on it is unclear, but the notion of really um, uh, following and encouraging the trend towards measuring what matters and creating new forms uh, for defining measures of value and measuring value creation outside of just financial value, but connecting those new forms of value to financial value creation is an important part of shifting the economic paradigm. So yeah, we will definitely continue to um, push on that trend and, uh, and uh, bring the results of that to our customers. 
Yeah, and I remember I was uh, I was on a panel, and this was oh, I don't know six seven years ago, and I met Just Capital, and mm-hmm. that's when they were just coming out. Yeah, and you know now they are just you know just doing wonderful wonderful things in terms of redefining stakeholder capitalism and such. And, and I've had I've had their CEO Martin Whitaker on the show, and he's coming up on another one. So Terrific. yeah, it's it's the again the the people that you meet through sustainable brands are just a plus plus, and they kind of blow your head away with with their thoughtfulness and their and their thinking. Um, now, I want to just pivot as, unfortunately, we're getting to the bottom of our wonderful time together. But if you have a company that is, they know they want to be a sustainable business, a sustainable brand, but they're, they're just going to start out. What do you, where, you know, what should they do? What, what's your, you know, guidance? Come take our assessment. Okay. First and foremost, because people don't understand in many cases, um, many companies who think they're nowhere actually are somewhere, but they just don't really understand all the different actions that they're taking that actually could be knit together to create a higher value return for society and for them as a business people. So I would say it starts with that. Um, and we can help from there, you know, advise on uh, where the, you know, a, a company that would come to us where the performance is relative to the rest of the business world out there as far as we see it. Um, and, you know, how they might think about where to prioritize their activities, because it's one thing is very true. We can't boil the ocean. If you're just getting started, it can feel overwhelming. I would say, you know, go going back to the be human, be humble. Uh, don't worry about, um, you know, being honest and transparent about your reality. It starts with being willing to be humble and recognize that it's okay that you, you, may, you may be starting or you may be behind the game. But the beautiful thing is that there's so much more knowledge knowledge and wisdom out there today than there was 10 years ago, that uh, it's very possible and tools, um, knowledge, wisdom and tools and, and, um, and various forms of support that it's really possible for somebody to catch up quickly. Um, thanks to that. So don't be intimidated is what I would say. And I, and don't wait, both things. Don't, don't be intimidated and don't wait because the, the, world is moving. Absolutely. The world is moving really fast. So this is a question I get all the time, which is that you have a almost in the C-suite person. It might be the head of sustainability. It might be the chief communications officer that's now working in strategy. They get it. They they know the competitive set. They they see the data, changing consumer aspirations and such, employee aspirations. What do you, but they've got a, unfortunately their CEO just doesn't, it's not their thing. It's not his thing, her thing or whatever. Do you have any recommendations on how they're going to influence or convince their CEO to begin to look at at sustainability as a business driver and an opportunity versus I'm not even going to deal with it? I would say it's a bigger question than we have time for today, but I will say that's another part of the good news story is that there's such data out there to to validate the business case that uh, it's a, about research. Come to our website and ask and, and type in ROI of sustainability and uh, see what you get because there's just a lot to um, to, to, to bring. I, we have a report on that topic that, that points to a dozen research reports that support um, you know the, the return on investment for sustainability just as one example. There's just a lot of data out there. 
a little bit of homework. Yeah, homework is always good. We, we like that. And you've got, you know, great resources and tools. D- are you thinking at all about bringing CEOs together under Chatham House rules and trying to, you know, have conversations? Uh, n- not really. And I would say only because um, there's so many people trying to get at that stakeholder group, but we can't be all things to all people. Um, and so, you know, we I have great relationships with a number of CEOs and I a- appreciate being called into that. But CEOs have their own communities right now. We're more interested in enabling the communities they already belong to okay. with uh, smart thought leadership and tools for helping and en- enable their conversation to be, to be better. Well, that's wise because you want to, you know, go deep yeah. and narrow and, and and really arm those that are that are sustainability um, leaders. And, and brand leaders. I, again, our, our belief is that it's it's the brand brand that drives the economic ecosystem. So at the end of the day, sustainability is a support service to brand innovation. And uh, our, you know, our core stakeholder group, again, is that brand, brand leader, sustainability uh, expert and innovation lead. And that triumvirate of um, stakeholders that determine how the company uses its resources, what the materials are, what the business models are, how the consumers, you know, are uh, encouraged to behave and what they're encouraged to aspire to. And I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about communications, because, you know, companies are all over the place, which is, yeah, let's make, you know, okay, we're going to make a, you know, Small donation, but a big announcement. We're going to do an ad. And, and then there's the ones that are humble and they don't say anything. What's your, what's your point of view on when you should communicate, how you should communicate? Because it's because it's really it's conf- it's confusing. Super simple. Um, uh, tr- transparent and authentic. Uh, tr- communicate often uh, and transparently and authentically. That means, again, being willing to be humble and um, and. Uh, and human, which means imperfect. And I think that's the challenge. We go from um, over exuberance and thus sometimes being, um, you know, at risk of greenwash or purpose wash to being uh, under communicative and being at risk of green hush or purpose hush, right? Oh, I haven't heard the hush one. That's good. I'm going to use right? that. And neither one of them are, uh, you know, are optimal. They, they leave money on the table, create risk. You want to be just, I, I always think if you think about what you want out of your best friend, you know, <laughs> or out of your relationship, it's no different. Brand is about developing trust between you and your customers and trust comes from being real right and doing what you say and not over you know promising and um being willing to be vulnerable um all those things that are again human that we we are attracted by um and and lead to trust in our personal relationships are the same things that impact brand trust what about who should be the voices? I mean, should it be the C-suite? Should it be the recipient? Should it be the employees? Should it be the supply chain? Who should be the voices of communications that's going to work? Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, again, if brand is who you are, what you do and how you do it, your employees are your brand voice, like it or not. So, um, you know, it's nice to have a C-suite that is all singing off the same song sheet, but more importantly, the company as a whole, including employees, need to be singing off the same song sheet. And that's not an easy thing. Um, It is a doable thing. And I'm watching it unfold at various companies who are getting better at that. Um, 
Um, and that is exciting. And I love I love that you say that because I always say that the number one stakeholder is is the employee. Absolutely. And you you know they are your engine. And it's taken a long, I was great, you know, it was great that companies during the pandemic that they really understood the safety of their employees was key. Mm -hmm. You know, most of them really rose to the occasion and then they learned about their humanity and hopefully they're going to be a little different going forward. So um, as we wind this down, and this has been a wonderful conversation and I knew it would be, um, can you give two or three recommendations to a company that's begun their journey? They're not the leader, but, you know, whether it's to individuals or the CEO or the brand innovators, you know, what are you, what are your, I know you could give probably 20 recommendations, but, you know, can you give a few? Um, well, recognize that you're not starting from square one um, because there's a lot out there. So I don't recreate the wheel, I guess, might be one of them. You, this is off the cuff. <laughs> um, uh, um, so don't recreate. Re create the wheel, make sure that you're putting your resource and time um, into, you know, areas that haven't already been explored. Uh, so scan the landscape, find a friend, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I hate to uh, come back and say, come to sustainable brands, but I, I, I do think that's wise counsel for pretty much anyone because you will find friends, you will find, you know, what the best practice is out there right now and a wealth of resources. Um, don't be discouraged, you know, be, be ambitious. Don't be afraid. I, I guess it's okay to have a, 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 a dream um, and uh, not know how you're going to get there. I, I think a lot of companies I, I see get stymied by, just uncertainty about how to get from where they are to where they would feel like they should be or where they want to be. Uh, and, you know, a, again, that comes back to the, the be human, be humble, be helpful. Um, so, so that's wonderful. So, so Cohen, um, I want to thank you for this conversation. Um, you have been a pioneer. I, I know that when I was at a recent um, sustainable brands, and and they talked about the OGs of of you know the whole practice, and I, I was named. But you are the OG. You are the mother, the father, the goddess, the the queen. Um, yeah, yeah, the choir director. That's a that's a good one, and and I hope that you recognize how so many companies, brands, and individuals have thanks to you and what you've done. And I know it has not been an easy journey, but I think that I hope that you know that, and I believe so strongly, and so many others that we revere you. We are just so honored to be in your in your ecosystem, and please keep keep going because your time is now. And the world needs your leadership. You're very sweet, Carol. I, I can only respond by saying the gift is mine. And I think if everybody has the opportunity to self-actualize the way I feel like I've had the opportunity to in this environment, the world will be a better place. So um, the gift is mine. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been a wonderful conversation. And I can't wait to see you in Paradise me Point too. in October. Me too. It's going to be great. Yeah, me so too. super. And, and listeners, join Sustainable Brands if you haven't. It is just absolutely, it's 10 times worth your investment and you will learn so much and find so much, so many happy and interesting, you know, cohort of friends to truly advance your sustainability journey. You take care, Carol. Thank you.